It's this weird shit that my mom says. What episode, what episode are we on? 30. No, 29. 29, I think. 29. Maybe I was 30. out of control. I don't fucking know. I'm Cece. I had not. That's how I felt right now in that moment. Like that's out of control. I yeah, I get it. So that's how it's going. Things have been chaotic here. Have they been chaotic there? Yeah, yeah. I got COVID for Christmas. That's nice. Actually, it's not really chaotic. I did nothing besides research for days. It was because I'm gross. Um. So shit sandwich. I always, like, get confused. Are you supposed to put the shit on, like, is the shit the bread or is the shit the meat? Or if you're Well, if vegan, you're talking about, like, a ham sandwich, the ham's in the middle, so I'm assuming that the shit's in the middle. I think, like, you do, like, good, bad, okay. good. Okay. Let's do your good, bad, good. Okay. Okay. Um, good. Got to hang out and have fun. Like, Christmas Eve. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So much good Christmas Eve. What am I talking about? That's, like, the really fun part. Yeah. We had so much fun. So our new newly minted since oh my gosh, I can't talk. Our newly minted sister in law is the queen of Christmas. I know at some point she's going to listen to this episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we don't have a fake name for her. What should her name be on here? I don't know. She's just Queen of Christmas. She's Queen of Christmas. Okay. Okay. The and Christmas she's, Queen. She's married to my big brother. Um, who I also love. He's one of the greatest mm-hmm. guys on the planet. She is the best at giving gifts. Like, hats off to her. What did you get? What did you get from her? Yeah, she's really good at it. Well, I worked for Starbucks for a really long time. And I don't work there anymore. But she got me the Christmas cup from the year that I started Amazing. there. Amazing. So way back in the day, which is pretty cool. So at first I was like, oh, that's the old logo. And then I flipped it over and I was like, oh, my God, that's my first year. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And she got me some like other coffee stuff to go with it. But yeah. So we got, um, let's see, where where do I even start? Well, the first thing I opened was some Hulk arms for my chickens. So I don't know if you've seen them, but if you haven't, look it up. But basically, it's these <laughs> these little arms that are green Hulk arms, and you just sling them over your chicken, and then when they run around, it looks like they have little little arms. So I got that. I've seen those before. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put them on Nancy Sinatra. <laughs> so Nancy Sinatra is gonna I can't wait. Them. Can you send me a video, please? Yes, I will definitely take a video of that because we should share it. And then she got the duck. Or they got the doc. Sorry to Big Brother here, but I'm know pretty we had sure no part in it. that Christmas Queen was the driving force here. But pretty good stuff anyway. He got a really cool cup, a forensics cup. God, I, I'm gonna. I'll have to grab it in the other room before I read it because you know how I'm bad at jokes. I'm also bad at remembering all the things. Yeah. So I won't just like say it, but it. I just won't say it. It has to do with forensics, and it's funny. And then she got us a combined gift, <laughs> and it's these hot pads, and it says our names, and it says our treats are made with love. So basically, Jules and the Doc's treats are made with love, and there's a heart on it. And then there's this picture of a guy on it, and we're looking at it, and we're like, it's not Bim, the boy version of me on Snapchat. Everyone in the family yeah. knows who Bim is. It was even on their wedding website. And I was like, it's not Bim. Yeah. Who the fuck is this? Like, we're like, we're looking at it. And we're like, did they do one of those AI generators where it like took Lee and I and put us together and made like a really ugly human being? Like, what is happening? What is this man? And uh-huh. then we finally, we, we told her, you know, we're like, we're like, also like, who is this dude? And she's like, it's Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's just his fucking face. Yeah. 
It's fucking Buffalo Bill just hanging in my in my uh, in my kitchen now. I remember you told me this, but then I forgot who it was because me. But like on these hot pads, it's so fucking funny. And then also got to give shout out to oh, you that's because hilarious. you tell me things and I don't listen. But I opened the mail and I had a package. Yeah, yeah. When I specifically texted her and said. If you get a package from Redbubble, don't open it until Christmas. Right, right. Our werewolf is sounding off in the background. Yeah. I'm sorry, everybody. I cannot make him shut up. It's okay. I cannot. I can't stop, won't stop. Anyway, so I we get back from, we did a round trip, driving trip uh, to Lee's hometown. We get home after I drove all weekend long like literally probably drove all weekend long because doc's um foot is laid up and i'm so tired and i get this package on sunday night and i open it up and i start squealing because (laughs) i see neon (laughs) and black nandor's face nandor from what we do in the shadows and i'm like giggling uncontrollably and i'm like oh my god this is the coolest and I'm so sorry that I forgot that you told you me should that be. the red bubble was coming, but it was actually more fun because then I had to start guessing who gave it to me because I'm dumb. <laughs> I love that like you didn't even like spark it once you open it. You're like, I still don't know who gave this to me. No, I'm I'm the worst. I'm the worst. So that's my good. That's the good bread in the shit sandwich. And then the middle part was Florida's frozen. So. Florida's, yeah. Florida being frozen is really bad for my ginormous botanical garden, our yeah. botanical garden, um, and also chickens, and also our water froze. Yeah, Ugh. so we had to do all sorts of things. This morning I had to boil water to go take it out to unfreeze the chicken's water. That's a, yeah, I'm sorry that it's freezing mm. for you, but I don't feel that bad because it's like negative 13 well, here. it's bad for us who fled the cold. Yeah, I know. I guess you guys can't really, like, prepare for it, so. No, we really can't, and I don't know why um, they let pipes be the way they are here. That's real stupid. So, yeah. forgot everything I knew. Um, let's see. Good thing after that. Just being here with you. Merry Christmas. This is as Christmassy as I'm, I've really gotten besides, yeah. besides Anna opening up presents. Yeah, so. we didn't do much other than that. We laid around yesterday and I made a point to hardly do anything. Like I took naps yesterday in in and out. We watched uh, Fargo and Gremlins. And then the new nice. Fear the Walking Dead season. Yeah. I did research and slept because I have COVID. We couldn't even visit my parents who live three miles down the road. So that's so sad. I did talk to mom too. That's okay. We'll do it next weekend. So good, 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 good. Well, we're we're ten minutes in. Sorry, I'm like I'm like oh my god, we're ten minutes in. If we haven't lost you yet, if you're new to us, I think I have a good one today. The Queen of Christmas actually guessed on which Christmas crime I was gonna do, and she might have been right actually. I don't know if this is the same one she was thinking about. She's also the Queen of Christmas crime. She might be the queen of Christmas crime as well. You are the queen of Christmas crime. Yes. So I don't know. Like this is going to be a day late from Christmas, of course. And we apologize because Jules was dealing with her water situation. We meant to yes. record yes, yes. a couple days ago. Honestly, I haven't had a whole lot of a voice. And hopefully it's not too terrible listening to this. You're disgusting. I'm a little bit scratchy. Oh, so. I've got a couple different things going on here, and we're going to talk about a Christmas murder. I thought you were going to say a Christmas miracle. That's not the same. No, it wasn't. It was not a miracle. We're going to go back, not super far back, but kind of far back, to Christmas Day in 1929. That was like a tiny... Way yeah, back just, just a little way back machine, but not. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to Stokes County, North Carolina 
and we're on Brook Cove Road near Germantown, North Carolina. You might know this case. I bet you and I you do. Might know you might. Yeah. So Charles Davis Lawson, otherwise known as Charlie, and his family were up and getting ready for Christmas merriment, merriment. at the nearby home of his brother. So they're in their own house in the morning getting up. Do you know who this person is yet? No, not at all. Okay, cool. Are you lying? Do I look like I'm lying? I don't fucking know. Do I have a good poker face You're today? You're a liar than I am. I am not a good liar at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neither are okay. you. So Charlie's family, yeah, Charlie's family consisted of himself. He's 43 years old. He's a tobacco farmer. Um, his 37-year-old wife, Fanny. They had seven living children. So they had 17-year-old Marie, 16-year-old Arthur, 12-year-old Carrie, seven-year-old Mabel, four-year-old James, two-year-old Raymond, and four-month-old mm-hmm. Mary Lou. They had at another point had a son who unfortunately died at the age of six from pneumonia in 1920, so nine years prior. He would have been 15 at the time, um, so he would have been like right after those two, but he unfortunately did pass away early. Charlie and his wife, um, who was formerly Fanny Manring, had been married since 1911. So they've been together for like married for 18 years. Oh, wow. It's a pretty long time. They were not well off by any means, but they were kind of a lower middle class family. So not like super impoverished that they're starving or anything, but not not, you know, like super wealthy either. So they are very well liked and respected by their neighbors. They are part of their community. Nobody thinks anything weird of them or anything like that. They lived in a two-year-old, or two, not two-year-old, a 200-year-old <laughs> farmhouse. What? So we're talking like, yeah, so like 1929. So. And you're in a 200-year-old farmhouse. This thing is not in All right. Not so great. they're in North Carolina. Dude, do you know how bad I want to live in a 200-year-old house or more? If you look at the picture of this house, you will change your mind. No. I go on Circa. It's not there anymore. If but. you've never gone on that website, it is house porn. Yeah? For me. Yeah. And the doc. We sit there and we look at We're like, oh, look at that. Oh. oh <laughs> yeah. There'd be so many ghosts in that. Oh, no, I know. I just, like, I want an old house so bad, but I like, think I just want somebody to build, like, a... A brand new house that looks old. That's what I'm going to do. Because I'm afraid of ghosts. That's what I'm going to do, ultimately. Because I am afraid of ghosts. So they got this 200-year-old farm by saving up while they were sharecropping, which is like really not an easy way to make money. So that's when you're living, like you're basically leasing land to farm on from another Mm -hmm. farmer. And you have to give a lot of what you did. But they, they worked really hard. They scraped by and they had purchased this farm only two years prior to this. Okay. This Christmas Day in particular was supposed to be really extra special. So uh, the family just days before, Charlie decided he was going to take them to nearby Winston-Salem for a day. And he let everybody pick out like brand new fancy outfits, basically no holds barred. And then he took everyone over with their new clothes to pose for a family portrait. I thought you were going to say he was going to take everyone to there to buy cigarettes. To Salem, Winston. <laughs> no, I guess they did more than cigarettes in that town. Winston's, is it Winston-Salem or Salem? Winston-Salem. Okay. Yes, Winston-Salem. capital of the world. It wasn't normal for a family of their means, which is why this is this is fairly strange. Uh, most families of their means wouldn't really have had photos of themselves in that time. Um, but Charlie told them this was just part of a Christmas surprise. It's a Christmas miracle. So everybody's in pretty high spirits because they just, they got spoiled just days before. 17-year-old Marie was in the kitchen baking a cake. 12-year-old Carrie and 7-year-old Mabel decided that they're going to head over to their uncle's house earlier than the rest of the family. And outside in the tobacco barn, 16-year-old Arthur is looking for some shotgun shells because he wanted to go hunt some rabbits. I guess that's just what you do on Christmas Day. Christmas gets me all jacked up and I want to shoot things. I was just thinking like hunting wabbits. Christmas wabbits. Yeah. So he asks his dad, he's like, um, I can't find any shotgun shells. And his dad's like, well, shit, I guess we're out. You go run into town and get some. So I guess people people worked on Christmas Day back then. Isn't that weird? The store was open. It does seem weird to me that way back when they did. 
And now Walmart's not open. Do you but, guys have Walmart open on? Yeah, like, like when I moved, I guess people. Okay. Oh, I don't yeah, fucking I know. Worried. I don't go to Walmart. Hey, so when I moved here, I realized on Thanksgiving Day, so I didn't buy a turkey ahead of time. What's the big deal? So I went to go buy a turkey breast. Shut up. I went to go buy a turkey breast on big deal? Thanksgiving Day. And Thanksgiving was almost ruined because stores aren't open here, except for yeah. that one by Home Goods. I had to figure that out in a hurry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was almost ruined. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we kind of figured that out. Okay, so they were open. Yeah, they were open, so Charlie takes off for town. Uh, when Arthur left, Fanny was sitting alone on the front porch, and the little girls were just about to leave out the door to visit their aunt and uncle. They hadn't quite left yet. While Arthur's in town, Charlie's brother, Elijah, and his sons decide that they're going to stop at the mm-hmm. farm to say, hey, Merry Christmas, because they were out hunting earlier that morning. So I guess that's a thing that people do. So they're just going to stop by. And they come upon a really gruesome scene. They run and fetch the police or call them. I'm not really sure if there's telephones in this area at that time. It didn't look like a farm with a telephone. But anyway, someone went to go find Arthur because they realized that he wasn't there. And someone in town did find him at or near the store and drove him back to the farm as quickly as possible. There was a really bad situation at the farm. What? Carrie and Maybell were found posed with their arms crossed in the tobacco barn with rocks under their heads like pillows. The fuck? They had been shot with a 12-gauge shotgun and then bludgeoned. At the house, the bodies of mother Fanny, sister Marie, little brothers, and a baby sister were found similarly. So Fanny had been shot as had been 17-year-old Marie, The boys had been bludgeoned, and so was the baby. That's the most we'll talk about that. Charlie was missing. (gasps) Police were looking for him all around the house and in the nearby woods. They'd been looking for hours, and suddenly they heard a gunshot go off in the woods. Arthur was there already at the time, so Arthur and the police head into the woods led by the family's two beagles. They went towards the sound of the gunshot and found Charlie there dead. It appeared uh. he had shot himself. Uh, there were tracks around a nearby tree that led them to believe that he had maybe been pacing there for hours. Charlie had two unfinished notes on him. They may or may not have been addressed to his parents, but nobody knows. Like, there's just different opinions in different places, whether or not they were. <laughs> but so the first one it just like it's like two like sentences basically on two separate pieces of paper. It says troubles can cause. And that's it. And then the other one said no one to blame, but also unfinished. So uh, like I'm like, did he was he trying to write a suicide note and he just had writer's block and then gave up? OK, I lied to you. I do know this. OK, case. I figured you probably did because I knew that it was on things that we covered. I didn't know that at the time yeah yeah well or podcasts that we listen this to this is just okay go on i want to know what you found out so logically they're like okay um i guess i guess he killed them and then killed himself like what else else do you do right they're all just kind of like what the fuck happened here and why did why because... did arthur get left I mean, like, obviously, I think Charlie knew before Arthur left. I mean, he's looking for the shotgun shells. And I would presume that those shotgun shells, uh, Charlie already knew where they were because he was about to use them. Right. And well, of course he knew. Yeah. It's like he knew. I guess. Why did he get his family all prettied up? He was like, well, we're going to use the money that we have while we're still here or what? This is the same year as the Great Depression, too. And I kind of wondered if that had something to do with it. Well, I think it was also Charlie's Great Depression. I guess it was. So maybe he thought that the world was like so bad that he would give them one last send off, you know, like record that they were what that they were on this planet, have them take nice pictures, that stuff, record it. And in his sick, twisted brain, he was like, they're going to be better off 
if they don't have to live in a world that's this dire. Yeah. And maybe decided to spare Charlie at the last minute when he left. Yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about a little bit of speculation over that. But I do want to mention here that, like, as they're going through this, this is super fucked up. And I'm almost like, oh, like, you feel bad talking about things because of the family. Well, guess what the family did after this happened? What? Charlie's brothers that live nearby. They opened up the home as a tourist attraction. So they just left everything in place after the murders, minus the dead bodies. Like the blood and like the cake that was being baked. And they like had, they like charged people to walk through the property. And so eventually people started like stealing, there was raisins on the Ew. cake. And people started like stealing the raisins as souvenirs. So they had to like cover it up with like a glass. What do you do with thing? the raisin once but you just, steal it? Like what the fuck is that? Do you that? put it in a tiny frame? You're like, here's my murder raisin. You put it in raisin. a tiny frame on the wall. And you're like, this is my, this is my, yeah. Like, like a, a shadow, shadow box. box. You do it like like insects, yeah. like you use yeah. a little pin. Like what the fuck is that? I don't know. And then like you like you look at the families of murder victims, you know, and you're like, what the? Were fuck Were they trying is to recuperate money people? so that they could also purchase the, the farm? farm? Maybe, but I think the farm eventually it got knocked down eventually. Which oh, I mean, like looking okay. at it, it looked like it was about to fall down anyway. The land though is probably worth a lot of money. Oh, that's true. I'm sure it was. There was also a murder ballad written about it. Do you remember murder ballads? Yes, I do. So they were still doing that. And then like later on. So and actually the murder ballad came like way after. So in 1956, the Stanley brothers recorded a murder ballad about the Lawson family. Is it like in the murder heart of North Carolina? I hope that it was like that, but I don't think it was. I was going to listen to it and then I ran out of time. Like, just right before this. I was like, oh, yeah, that murder ballad. But you should look it up. Stanley Brothers. It, it is available, like, on the in the world. Oh. So Spotify, that I will. shit. So, yeah. So let's talk about some of the speculation about what happened here. Recently, not very long before all this happened, Charlie was doing something with an axe. And he, he made some kind of mistake. And he had hit himself in the head with it and really injured his head. Pretty, pretty bad, <laughs> Dewey. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I axed myself in the head pretty bad, Dewey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so I I, I kind of like one time I accidentally hit myself in the head with a retractable dog leash, and so I kind of get it. I mean, no, that's not the same. The doc almost it was cut kind off. Of. The doc almost cut off his hand with an axe, y'all. <gasps> oh my god. I don't know if he'd be mad that I talk about that, but he has a Harry Potter scar Doc, don't on his wrist where they had to put everything back together. Oh, on his wrist? Yeah, he's got that big oh. lightning scar. Gross. Ah, yeah. God. So, I can't even. <sighs> yeah. There was some speculation from family members that this made him start acting weird because I guess he was acting weird leading up to this. Um, but Johns Hopkins like took his brain. Good. And they inspected it. Good. But they didn't find any evidence of anything that would cause him harm. Bad. But, like or that would cause him to act that way. But it's nineteen twenty nine. I think there's still like a lot we don't know about our brains now. Like what did they do to the brain? And so I'm just kinda like Where like were they yeah, I they don't... put it up against like a quote unquote normal brain? What did they I don't you know, that's the thing. Like even if I could read about what they did to the brain, I wouldn't understand it. I thought you were going to say, even if I could read a brain. <laughs> even if you I could read a brain, I don't think I would know. But I feel like I you just, could read the squiggles. Yeah. I th- like, I just think that, you know, like, you just hit your head real bad. And, and you suddenly you go nuts and murder your family. Like, that just seems Did he have pretty frontal weird. lobe damage? Like, where did he hit himself in the head? That matters I, I in my scientific in opinion. I don't know. Because I think that if it's the front of the brain, the doc is cringing right now as he's listening to this. If it's <laughs> the front of your brain, I think that's the part. It can, like lobotomies, yeah. right? Am I right, people? Am I right? But those made them just like brain dead, didn't they? N- no. Like they... They're kind of like zombies. Like Jeffrey Dahmer tried to turn his some of his victims into zombies too. Like I think they could still oh, yeah. 
like if you have that brain injury up there, it's just going to make you, you got scrambly egg brain. So yeah, that's true. I, and, I don't fucking know. We don't really know much except that Arthur well, was his favorite kid. That's clearly. all we know. Um, In what ways was he acting weird before? I think that he had been, my understanding is that he had been like sleeping a lot, okay. like depressed and that he'd been kind of crabby and moody. Okay. That, that's me on my period once a month. Yeah, but he doesn't have a menstrual cycle. So if a man has to have one menstrual episode, he goes nuts. And will He's going to murder everyone. everyone. He can't handle it. He probably had a real bad headache. Maybe he was just maybe like, that's up, what everybody. it is. Maybe he had like, got a headache. So much speculation. And maybe Arthur just didn't talk very much. So he was like, "Well, you're quiet. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to keep you." He didn't even keep himself. I know, right? But maybe he meant to keep himself afterward, and then he was like, nope, uh, I made a mistake. That was a really bad mistake. That's so bad. Okay, so... Yeah, I don't know. So there's some other rumors that are even worse. I was just going to ask you about the other rumors. There's some salaciousness happening. I guess they had a neighbor who was a kid at the time, and so him and his daughter, later in life, decided to start trying to figure some shit out about things and they ended up writing a book okay many are dismissing this as a speculation and if it is that's not great it's kind of a yucky speculation but we're not great so i'm going to repeat it here (laughs) um so take it with a grain of salt maybe but then i might have some more things to say about it so i'm being real weird here with this being cryptic all right so they claim yeah, they claim that there was a relative named Stella Lawson. I don't know what of what relation, but she said... Did she get her groove back? She might have gotten her groove back. No, I don't think so. So she overheard her mother and aunts discussing that Fanny had confided in them that she thought that Charlie and Marie were having an incestuous relationship, which I don't... I don't like to say incestuous relationship in this situation. It's like... So they think that Charlie was rapey. It's not a relationship. Yeah. So uh, they also said that Ella May, a close friend of Marie's, had also been confided in that a few weeks before all of this happened, Marie told her that she was pregnant by her dad and that both of her parents knew about it. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's the part that I was wondering about. Yeah, so they think that Charlie may have murdered his family to cover it up. Um, but I just like I don't I guess I'm like they're looking so hard at Charlie's brain and I know that like in like the the rapey thing wasn't part of the story at that point right when they buried her but like did they not do any sort of autopsy or anything and they just didn't notice that she was pregnant? That that was how the did case? they I don't know. There's a lot of like people use that family question. picture too. So they're they're like, okay, Marie is standing like if you look up so if you look up Lawson family murders, you'll get a picture of them, that fancy picture that they had taken. Let me know when you have it pulled up because I think you want to look at okay. it while I'm talking about it. And if you're able to look at it while I'm talking about it, peeps, do it. Unless you're driving, don't, don't Google, while you, Google drive. while you drive. Don't Google. All right, drive. what's the name of the family again? Just look up Lawson family murders and you're gonna get a family portrait. Family murders and wearing fancy clothes. I've, yeah, I'm looking at it. Did right you find now. them? I've looked at this picture before. Okay, so they're they talk about. Okay, yeah, so they talk about that Marie is standing predominantly in the middle and Fanny's not. They say that Marie looks like she's angry, and they use that to kind of create this narrative but i'm like people always looked angry and unhappy in old photographs all of our relatives like, looked very angry and very mad yeah it was like i think that was the cool it was because thing they to had do. to stand there so long wait is this when you this isn't when you had to stand there forever this is like the early 1900s like pictures were a little bit snappier right that was punny yeah but she's also a teenager she could just be a moody teenager she and you can't moody, use it as proof moody. that her dad was raping why does he look so smug I don't and know. And then this other child in the corner, she looks very concerned. Yeah, there are, there's some weird things going on. But yeah, that's, I mean, like, those are the, the speculativeness. And we didn't really have much answer, but I might have an answer in a minute. But I do want to mention, before I move on to the next part of this, is that, and why I have more thoughts, is that 
like were you wondering what happened to Arthur at all? Do you know yeah. what happened to Arthur? I mean, no. Uh what happened? What happened to Arthur? Well, he just went on to live his life. He got married, he had four kids, and then when he was like 31 or 32, he got into a vehicle crash that was and died. Something. So, I'm hoping it wasn't long enough to hear people speculate about incest. Uh, I hope you didn't know that. I knew that this episode was going to be a little bit shorter if I did. Because, like, we're only, I mean, we talked for a long time. And this is, like, 25 minutes of story. But there's there's some new things that have happened in this in the last year. Really? That I found. And I didn't so, know about that. I know. I'm hoping that not a lot of other podcasts have found this information yet and it's not really solid but it's a thing so did you know that it used to be a tradition to tell ghost stories on christmas you motherfucker what i was gonna say that in my next episode i know but your next episode's not even i mean christmas is fucking over already i can't help it because i'm having a hard time finding an old-timey new year's murder but yes 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 all right well Proceed. Okay. You can still keep telling ghost stories for the holiday. Okay. And especially on the show, we can always tell ghost stories. I discovered a show this weekend while I was being sick called 28 Days Haunted. And it's new on Netflix in 2022. I think it came out in the fall. And there is hmm. six episodes. So the premise to this show is to follow the 28-day theory of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Do you know who they are? Of course, they're demonologists. Yeah, so, yeah. Lorraine claimed to be, like, a medium. World-renowned Annabelle. Ed said he was a demonologist. And so they felt, and I I knew about them, but I didn't know about their 28-day theory. So their son-in-law. They were, like, a really solid couple. Yeah. Like, they were meant to be together. They were meant to be together. Their son-in-law runs their company still, like, their haunted stuff. Hmm. Still to this day, and he's part of the show. So their theory is that if you seclude yourself for 28 days in a haunted location, that it will thin the veil between the spirit world and our physical world. And it'll allow you to get more answers and possibly maybe be able to help cleanse the area and help spirits move over more effectively. Okay. So on this show... There's three teams of investigators. So each team consists of, like, in most cases, like, it's either, like, a psychic medium or there's one girl that said that she's sensitive, which I would say that you are sensitive to an amount, you know, and I am, like, very minimally sensitive. But she's, like, sensitive on a different level than we are. So I would, like, she seemed more like a psychic medium to me. But anyway, so... Each team had a psychic medium, and then they had either a paranormal investigator or a demonologist that was coming along, like one or two, because there was, I guess, two of them had like a group of three or whatever. So these people generally don't know each other. So like the paranormal investigators were like in a couple of situations, a team like of two people that have worked together before, and then they didn't know the medium, whatever. So I'm going to talk primarily about a team that was investigating that was just a psychic medium and her name was Brandy Marie Miller. And then there's a demonologist on this team named so was she a Jeremy Leonard. What? What a good Brandy wife is a she fine girl. Be. I like Brandy from watching this. So yeah. So when they go into this, they don't know each other up until like a day or two before they're not told where they're going. They did get, like when they got their plane ticket a few days beforehand, it did tell them what state they're going to, but that's it. Uh, they don't get to really know where they're going to be, but they know that they're going to be locked in a house for 28 days with no internet, no phone, nothing. Just they're sleeping, eating, breathing in this location for 28 days without leaving. And they don't get to like talk to their family or anything while they're gone. Can they talk to each other? They can talk to each other. Yeah. They're like a team with this person. So Jeremy and Brandy are sent to a building called Madison Dry Goods. And upon arriving, they get outside. They both seem like they don't, they're not familiar with Madison Dry Goods or what it is. When they get there, though, Brandy, the medium, she senses two little girls are going to be inside. Okay. 
they walk inside and they see that they're in an old timey store kind of thing. But they also realize that there is an old funeral parlor upstairs. Creepy. Yeah. The store seems to be still a store and upstairs kind of looks like a museum of sorts with like old timey stuff all over the place. And there's like caskets and stuff like that, like old caskets. I did look up this, this store. Their website is pretty basic. It says it's under construction right now, but it says they specialize in outdoor and casual clothing and are the home of the Dan River Expedition Company. They have a 1920s country store featuring Rockingham County and North Carolina food products, and they have a Charlie Lawson family tragedy museum on the second floor. (gasps) They've been in business for 27 years. I did some like digging to say because like what I'm going to talk about later here I just want to like you know give some context here what part of North oh this is near Winston-Salem I think so yeah so I looked so it I up drive there and and I did like a quick because they knew they were going to North Carolina they did know that a few days beforehand when they had access okay. to the world all I see there though is just literally like, I looked up, like, most haunted places in North Carolina. I really wasn't seeing – this place didn't seem like a hot spot to me that people would have been trying to go to. Like, it, it's not a super popular, like, haunted destination. So I was okay. kind of like, what the fuck is going on here? So Jeremy is definitely more of, like, a Zach Baggins type investigator yes. that likes to challenge and yell at spirits and, like, push them. Brandy's a little bit more laid back and gentle. She tries to ask questions to gain trust with the spirit so that they'll feel comfortable communicating with her. And so they get into this place. And on the first night, Jeremy suggests that they put Brandy into a casket. And reluctantly, she agrees. Would to you? It. Would you get <laughs> in the casket? casket inside there? No, no, I wouldn't fucking do this at all. Oh, that's right. No, thank fun. you. So. Brandy's in the casket and Jeremy's like yelling his demonology things. Like he does a lot of. Like, oh, did you hear me hiccup? Religious yelling. And I sounded like a drunk, but I'm not. No. Just coffee, y'all. So <laughs> that was a fake one. Way to go. Stop drinking. Yeah. Okay. So Brandy's in the casket and Jeremy's like yelling the things. And Brandy starts to feel those same two little girls around her. As well as more children, a family with a mother and a darker male energy coming in. As she's laying there, she suddenly feels somebody touch her head. And she's like, fuck this. I'm getting out of the casket. So, yeah. So she does tell Jeremy about that. She's picking up a family in the building and she thinks it's the like and she's saying like, this is this family. There is a picture of the Lawson family in there. So that's I mean, like context no clues kidding. could have just been like nope that's the family because this is the only family picture that's here but i wasn't so at this point i'm like not really convinced i'm just like okay whatever why did they leave the pictures in there i know right so if they can't have the internet why would you give them all the context clues yeah but what it is good to know is that madison dry goods is actually like upstairs was the funeral parlor where the entire family was taken leading up to their funeral and they were all embalmed there. Yeah. I'd imagine, like it didn't say for sure, but I'd imagine that they probably have some artifacts from the home given that okay. it's been a tourist attraction I, and that it's a museum dedicated to them. Why Why would the family hang out there? Like after you, if they were well, that's ghosting. that's why I was saying maybe because of artifacts. Like we don't Like to have to like stuff from home. their house maybe. And hang out at the funeral home forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, that's the part that I don't understand. Like, I really don't understand that. But I do know that the the farmhouse was knocked down. I mean, it would have been like 300 years old. I've heard that there's spirits on the property where the murder happened. But I just, I don't know. But if if it's really the case that Jeremy and Brandy claim to have no knowledge of the family or place prior to the show... There are some, like, if, if it really, really was that. And I tried to even, like, listen to some interviews that they did afterward and stuff. And it seems like they didn't have any knowledge of this family before. They might have been there. And I'll 
I'll, okay. I'll explain why as I go through actors? the story of what happened while they're there. Yeah, or they're really good actors. <sighs> while they're there, they have to sleep on mattresses in the funeral parlor upstairs. And throughout the coming no. days, they're hearing faint whispers. They're being touched and poked by disfigured women and children. Disfigured? Yeah. Brandy later. So we just like see a little bit of these investigations, but obviously they're there for 28 days. So you can't see everything. So... The next time they show it, Brandy's trying to connect to a spirit, and she's focusing in on the oldest daughter. She said that she sees her with blood all over her, and she's overwhelmed with fear and pain. The daughter relays to Brandy that they always had to pretend to be happy and put on their best faces, but she's tired of it. And she tells her that she was secretly carrying a baby and that her she had told her dad that she was pregnant. Hmm. Brandy also is feeling this dark energy from the father and she feels that it's coming from the attic in the building. So next they decide they're going to go upstairs and investigate the attic and Brandy and Jeremy go up there and she can feel the family again, but the father isn't there this time. And she like from the family, she gets an image of herself being shot and blown back into the wall. What? She sees the kids running and hiding and she gets a sense that they couldn't escape. And then she sees an image of the gun in the father's hand. And she concluded that the father was the one that killed the family by shooting them. She doesn't say anything. Is she about, scared? Like, them. She just says shooting them. So like, what is her demeanor? Yeah. Yeah. She's all of not this. like this is the whole time. She's panicked pretty much like. 100% of the time they're not sleeping because I mean like they they try to sleep and they're not able to really get much sleep because there's just like can you imagine no. being a psychic and being in a place straight for 28 days and all the energy that's going to come at you that would be horrible like you just because like they're, they're not able to really even close their eyes and get a full night's sleep because they're just getting constant communication from these spirits uh, she also senses something else in the building that's not human. So it's not just the father, but another dark energy in the buildings. As they go on, the next place they investigate is the viewing room. Okay. And so Brandy thinks, like, Brandy's just feeling like this is probably the best place for her to communicate with the mother. And so while she's in there, she's able to connect with the mother. And the mother tells them that they were killed because the daughter was pregnant. She's talking to it, and I just want to mention that Jeremy is, like, on the side of all of these. Jeremy's just, like, praying super loud and, like, screaming some anti-demon shit and stuff. He's like just, that's he's what kind he's of there hoop, for. Man. Like, you should, you should watch. I think he's he's in, like, other shows, too, like, other paranormal shows. Um, his name is Jeremy Leonard, and, like, he's just really interesting. As they say this things start to get chaotic because Jeremy's like yelling and he's doing his thing and Brandy's trying to get more information about the, from the mother about why they'd all have to die if the daughter was pregnant. And at that point, Brandy is like attacked. And I don't really know what they mean by attacked, but she's like, like fucking like shaking and like so running I just you, away. I wanted yeah, you I to know that while you were attacked. talking about his last name being Leonard, my my conscious stream of thought was saying... We used to live on Leonard Street. And then and then this other part of my brain was like, was Spock's real last was his real first name Nimoy or was his first name Leonard? Spock. What? No, Spock. Oh Spock. Spock. Um, I thought you said Fox. And I was spaceship. like, What are you talking about? Because like I and then I and then I realized I that his name Spock's is Leonard first Nimoy. Name was. Not his first name. His name isn't Nimoy Leonard. Yeah, his real life name. Oh, that's he's a real his, person. Spock's he's got not, a different name. Fact, that's not an Spock? alien with pointy ears. Oh, I get no. it. Now. I just thought you were talking about like a backstory of Spock, and I was like, "What? Why did they just call him Leonard?" Like literally, I was trying to figure out if his first name was Leonard or if his first name was Nimoy, and I was like, "Nimoy would be a <sighs> weird name." All right, you've gotten off track again. I'm getting back to the story. Do you, you're supposed to do a segue there, like a beautiful segue. I don't fucking know Maybe how to like, segue. My brain is not you know that good. I wish I was better at these things, but I'm not. I, I don't I don't know. What? You can cut a lot of this out. No, I'm not <laughs> going to. Okay. No, so... I don't know. So, okay. So, while all this, like, with this attack is happening, though... 
She keeps pressing on for a little while and Jeremy is like yelling and he's holding a cross to Brandy's head and like reading scripture what? and threatening. He's like threatening the demon Zach Baggins style. He's just like going nuts. Like he's so weird. Do you weird. think he's just but, overly so they're, like, trying? pushing on. Like do you think he's overly trying because he's trying to they're, outdo Zach? I don't fucking know. Like it's just that if they really have no knowledge of this case or they situation do. that I'm like this is fucking nuts. Okay, so Brandy suddenly yells out that it was the father that impregnated her. And at this point, Brandy is like, I need to get out of the building. She's able to go out. She is able, like, allowed to go on the front sidewalk. They're not supposed to leave at all, but they're allowed to go just, like, on the front sidewalk out in front. And she, Jeremy follows her. They start talking about it. And she's, like, really shaken up. She's like, I don't think I can keep, I don't think I can stay here for 28 days. Oh, okay. I think they're, like, two weeks in at this point. She's like, I can't sleep. I have constant stuff coming at me. I don't know what to do. They talk for, they're, they're literally outside for hours on end just trying to help her calm down. And eventually they talk and they decide, okay, we're going to take the mattresses that we were given to sleep okay. upstairs and we're going to move them down to the store area because the energy is not so heavy downstairs. So they do move everything down there. They She starts to be able to get better rest and she's able to kind of do a little bit better at getting rest and recharging in between the investigation. So over the next few days, they start to work more with a spirit box. So like, you know what a spirit box is? Yeah, it goes. Yeah, it's like, like the radio transmission thing. And then really in the middle of it, all. you can hear like somebody's voices. Like, Hello. Yeah. I am pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So over the next few days, they're working with it dad? and they're asking the father at this point what his name is and you do hear the word charlie come through Hmm. so jeremy also starts to think like at this point he's like brandy your nice guy routine isn't cutting it you're being too nice because she had talked him like out of even though i feel like he was still kind of antagonizing a little bit you know like while that he was like no we need to step it up and so she's like okay whatever let's let's try it we're a team and so they go back upstairs and Jeremy is like yelling at this thing. And then at this point, he's attacked again in some kind of way that it's just kind of like whatever. Why does he, he have needs to be to yelly all the time? Air. But after, I don't know, but after this attack, Jeremy is starting to act a little bit weird than he normally, like a little bit weirder than he normally does. So he's sleeping constantly. He's not wanting to get up and help out with the investigation at all. Brandy's getting like super annoyed. He's complaining he has headaches. He's crabby. He's argumentative. While in the state, he picks up some notebooks that they have. And in a couple of them at separate times, he writes out the words, troubles can cause. Oh, no. He's turning into killer dad. Yeah. So Brandy starts getting concerned with the behavior and she's kind of like dude you're being a huge dick like i don't really want to be around you and so she asked the producers at this point if she can speak to someone that might be able to help her understand what's going on with jeremy via video call this is the only time she's been able to really talk to anybody but they bring in an expert on the lawson family murders and brandy explains his behavior to her and she confirms that it was similar to what was described by outside family members and acquaintances of charlie leading up to the murders She tells the expert about Charlie's weird troubles can cause writing and the expert explains that this is one of the notes that Charlie had on him when he killed himself. They keep like it's pretty crazy. And here's one of the things, though, that kind of throws me off about this. So like as they talk about it and as Brandy's talking about this family, the whole thing, she keeps saying it's the entire family like that was in the picture that's there but she never mentions arthur specifically and then at this point where she's talking to the expert you hear the expert say the whole family and it sounded to me like she was about to say something else and it looked like they edited it out almost like you could tell there was something else coming out of her mouth and so i'm just kind of like if brandy knew more about this i feel like she would have known that arthur oh so you're saying that this supports the fact wasn't murdered that but that she really didn't know it kind of supports it to me like i think the show was tr- why would they want to yeah i feel out? like the show was trying to like cut out that she didn't know that arthur was there almost 
They never addressed that Arthur lived. They never addressed it. Like that Arthur wasn't part of it. Yeah, they didn't. And so that's what, like, I think that they didn't want to show that Brandy was wrong almost in the show editing. Like they cut out the part where the other ladies said, but it just, it's weird. Like I just, that made me think that maybe she didn't know because I feel like she would have said time to time that Arthur wasn't there. Well, that would have made it more authentic if she really didn't know. Yeah. So I just like, because I know that psychics aren't 100% all the time. Like I know, I think there's a lot of fake psychics out there, but I think there are real psychics out there. And if this is the case, then, like, let it show that the psychics are a little bit wrong sometimes because they are. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. (sighs) So this is, like, kind of weird, you know, what's going on with it. But all right, let's see. So she speaks to the expert. Afterwards, she decides she's going to have a chat with Jeremy. And she sits down with him and she explains that she's noticed that he's not acting the same as he did when they first got there. She felt like she knew him well enough to say that. And so she also asked him, you know, like, where did you get this troubles can cause thing that you keep writing all over everything? And he said that he had been hearing it over and over and has had it for about a week. And he's like, it's nothing. It's I just nothing. need to write it down. But he's like, I just need to write it down on paper. Like, he just felt compelled to do that. And so at this point, she explains that she thinks that he's maybe starting to get possessed. And he laughs. Like, he kind of, like he laughs, but he, like, lashes out at her. And then he looks at her and he's like, what are you scared? I'm going to snap and kill you. And I'd be like, yes. And he, like, looked on me. Yes. Yeah. And so... But then after that, he starts to calm down. He does realize that maybe there are signs that he's being oppressed because he is an expert in, you know, people being Look possessed in the or whatever. Mirror, and I guess like buddy. there's an oppression period. An oppression period? Yeah, there's an oppression period that'll happen. I guess like a possession doesn't happen just in like one quick false swoop. I guess that they start to like suck your energy out and kind of like get into you a little bit beforehand. So... He agrees that this might be happening and they start to speculate that maybe Charlie's trying to show them how he was feeling like leading up to the murders. They are hypothesizing essentially that Charlie was possessed and that's what caused him to molest his daughter and then kill the family. And so they decide they're going to ask Charlie's ghost and Charlie's ghost is like, yep, there's an evil force. I think it just said like. Yeah, it said, yes, evil force in the spirit box. Like, I did hear those parts. Evil spirit. Yeah, something like that. But I'm just, like, at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, like, if I was Charlie and I was a piece of shit and I was about to get uncovered, I'd be like, yep, it was a demon. (laughs) Exactly. You can be a lying asshole even after death. It wasn't me. But they they think it's a demon because Jeremy feels a demon and Brandy feels a demon. But anyway, they keep experimenting, of course, because they're not done with their 28 days. And so Jeremy decides at some point that he's going to go upstairs and like go hard and he's going to put on something called a God helmet. I think that sounds cool. Okay, so I had to look this up because I had never heard of this before. So a God helmet uses quiet magnetic signals to gently stimulate the brain, eliciting spiritual sensations, moods, and experiences. I want to have one. The magnetic fields are about as strong as the ones you would get from a landline telephone speaker or a hairdryer. So someone wearing one of these helmets might have out-of-body experiences, visions of an infinite void, patterns of light, paranormal episodes, and a range of other experiences and sensations, including a small percentage feeling that they had meetings with God. So like 2% of the people that would put this on would meet with God. Do they, is part of putting it on, is it laced with acid? No, it's like little like sensors that they put on their head. Like, is there acid touching your skin? So I'm like, can I like go? Do you have to eat shrooms? Well, what I'm wondering is if I go over in the other corner and I put a hairdryer really close to my head. Like, try to turn the hairdryer on and I like put it next to my head or on my skin. It would burn you. Like, well... I know, but if it wasn't burning me, do you think like you could turn on cold? That I would speak to God. Can can I talk to yeah. God? Don't try this at home. Okay, so we in, in no way am I suggesting that you should take your hair dryer and put it on you your please, head and then try to talk. Can you to God. turn your hair dryer on the cold, and then I want you to put it up against your temporal yeah. lobe. Okay. Yeah. 
you get I mean that's the only way to know if it's true or you could get okay, a god so- helmet <laughs> for me for my birthday my birthday's yeah. coming up so Jeremy puts on the god helmet yeah that's true so he starts to feel something really intense during this experiment and he decides he needs to leave and head to the ER because oh, his th- no. heart is like boo, 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 and then boo, you boo. go to the ER and they're like what happened to you and you're like I wore a god helmet and they're like, sir. I'm just imagining getting Jeremy in. I want to make sure because like, I follow Jeremy on social media. Hey, hoping Jeremy. Like he'll follow us back. But OK. And Brandy. But OK. Here's the thing. Like, Jeremy, I want to be friends with you, but you are a little bit silly. There's nothing wrong with that. OK. But I'm just thinking about like you're in the ER and Jeremy comes in and he's like, I had a God helmet on. And yes. like, that's what I'm imagining. OK. <laughs> So they keep Jeremy overnight and they do say that he has symptoms of a minor heart attack and they couldn't really figure out what caused it. Yeah. So I guess this is a college clinic, though, so they don't have like an EKG there because they just went to the closest one and it was like at a college. So they did. He did confirm after the show when I was watching um, other things that he was checked out by a doctor immediately upon being done filming the show at another clinic and he did have a minor heart attack so maybe don't wear a god helmet if they cause heart attacks yeah like don't do it after they released him they kept him overnight he went back to madison dry goods where brandy had been like waiting there in the regular store for him like the whole time because she was worried i mean like obviously she has to stay there too so she said that he did seem more like himself than he had before and he said that he felt more like himself and his normal beca- like his normal behavior really came back and they were able, able to continue on. So apparently he had a baby heart attack while the demon okay. got out of him. They want to keep trying to figure out if a demon really had possessed Charlie and they decided though they're like okay, we think that the demon had Charlie and made him do all these things and they thought that it was probably tormenting the Lawsons still in the afterlife and not allowing them to pass on. They wanted to do whatever they could to suppress the demon long enough to allow the spirits of the Lawsons to pass on because I guess that like it's really hard to just banish the demon back into hell according to Jeremy. That's not a thing. The energy is still going to be there. You just have to suppress the demon. And so finally on day 28, Jeremy goes upstairs and he starts reading Bible stuff and he's trying to banish this demon. And there is like, you can see though that there is like shit falling off the walls in the room as he's like reading these scriptures. What do you mean? There's like a big shelf and there's like vases and stuff on it and things are like falling off of it suddenly. Just like stuff is slamming while he's like reading the scripture really loud and there's doors like slamming and you can like see them and there's nothing touching any of the stuff and like things are going crazy. And then all of a sudden, it all just stops. And Jeremy explains that he thinks that he did push the demon back far enough that the Lawsons would be able to cross over. And so he said that he's like, I don't have the power to like put it back in hell, but I can suppress it for whatever reason. And so Brandy at this point is trying to like see if she can sense the Lawsons still and talk to them about what's going on. And she isn't really able to get much from them and so she believes that they have crossed over at this point because she's trying to communicate they're just she's not getting anything at this point i could not find anywhere on the internet whether or not the hauntings have stopped at madison dry goods because it's been it's not been very long since it all happened and their website didn't have anything i'm just i'm like like there's three locations that things like this happened at and i just wonder to myself like two of them where they like felt like they let the people pass on. And so I'm just kind of like, so did their haunting stop? Or Why not are they there? Afterward? Why are they at the dry goods place? Yeah, and I don't understand why they're there. But if they really didn't know anything about them, I feel like it has to have been them. Okay. I don't, I don't I'm viewing know. this from an outsider's perspective that hasn't watched the show. I think that you shouldn't believe in this. They have a god helmet. I don't know that I 100% do. So. But sometimes it's just fun to believe in it. You know what I'm saying? It is fun. It is fun. It's just there's a lot of theatrics that were happening there. No offense, Jeremy. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched you, but there's a lot of theatrics that appear to be happening. I'm going to have to watch this for myself. Yeah. You should because the other two are very interesting as well. Okay. 
And I feel like Zach Baggins wouldn't approve of being in there for 28 straight days because, you know, he's been attacked. I don't know. I feel like he would. But there's danger zones. I know. But does Zach Baggins, does he back down from anything? No. He's the bravest person I've ever seen. I know. So that's why I'm wondering. Like, like I feel like once he sees us, he's going to be like, I'm going to fucking do that. I'm going to fucking do that. Yeah, I am. Okay. And then Aaron's going to be like, fuck you. But he'll go along with it. I love Aaron. He's like shaggy. I know. He's my favorite. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's my favorite. Believe it or not. I mean, if this is the case and they didn't know, though, I guess he was a raper. Yeah. But also I'm not giving him a pass. By a demon. I mean, if you were a raper and you didn't want people saying you were a raper and you felt so strongly about it that you were going to kill your whole family so that people wouldn't know you were rapey, you would definitely lie to a psychic as a ghost. Like you would still be holding as on a to ghost. that. Yeah. Can a ghost lie to a psychic or can the psychic see through I that? I feel like it depends on the psychic and how, how well... I mean, are they are they good at picking out liars in real life? Like, that's like a double psychic dive because you have to get into someone's brain. So you have to get into their ghostly brain. Yeah. And be able to, like, see past the veil of truth. That's a lot. That's true. I don't know. But I do know, I think that Brandy is involved with, like, helping solve crimes and things like that. You go, girl. Like, she works with police departments. So I'm like... Like like Jeremy, I can see him being theatrical and something being weird with sure. him, but she just didn't seem like that kind of person. I don't know. I'm just... Okay. I just don't know. And you never really know people. You never really know anyone. And I have heard some shady things about the Warrens, and I don't know if I like always 100% trust things. What shady that. things did you hear about the Warrens? Well, just like that they made up a lot of shit and that they like put families in danger sometimes. Like they put them in danger with the demons? Yeah, like like sometimes when they would go to places, they would like rile spirits up and like make things maybe more dangerous than they could because they couldn't actually cleanse like they said they could. Well, that wasn't good. That's not good. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is piss them off. Do you believe in the demons? I don't know. Like, I haven't done a lot of research about demons. That's something I think I want to start looking into at some point. But it also is very scary to me. But I just, I don't always, I don't know if I believe in, like, demons and hell and stuff like that. If you believe in demons, don't you have to believe in hell? Yeah. And I just, it kind of goes against, like, and ghosts kind of throw me off, too, I guess. It goes against, like, what I think I've learned about, like, reincarnation and what happens when we die. And so it just... It's all kind of hard for me. Like, I feel like I have an easier time believing that it's trapped energy. But when it's intelligent like that, like that throws me off. I feel like like ghosts in general don't throw off the idea of there just being like like the other side, you know, where you go in your rest period. And there's like a lot of question as to what happens to negative people. Do they just get shot right back in to life? Do they not get to go to the other side? Is there like a purgatory where they get, there's a lot of stuff that I've read about some of these things. Obviously we are never going to know until we ourselves are at that point. Yeah. Like that was addressed by like, like, cause I go by um, like Michael Newton, I think is his name. Like the, the reincarnation book that I read and like the stuff that he did with the research of talking to people and regressing them into that part. And and that, like, it, it doesn't line up with what he has to say about people that do bad things in regular life. And I feel like I can't, I don't remember exactly what it's all about, but I think they do get, like, not trapped here on Earth, but they get kind of stuck for a little bit mm. while they review what they've done in life. But it just doesn't doesn't exactly line up with, um, with this kind of stuff. And so I have a hard time, like, wrapping my brain I am so sorry the werewolf is going insane. Do you hear him? Oh, I can't hear him, but I'm sure the recording will have him. <laughs> He's talking. He's doing the high pitch. Like oh, maybe I can. Maybe I can edit him out. But yeah, I don't know. I This is an interesting a separate take on it. And I apologize if my retelling of it, hopefully it was 
interesting enough, but I definitely recommend going to check it out, especially after learning about the loss and family murders, just going and watching the 28 days haunted. And they, they do a couple other locations as well. Um, that happen kind of concurrently like all three it's very interesting concept it is no i i like that we got to talk about that stuff at the end of it it wasn't just like here is the story the end and then yeah so it's just kind of like a ghosty haunting because it's christmas time and if we're talking about christmas of uh old timey then we're supposed to tell a spooky thing which also... It was a Christmas murder. Um, New Year's. I mean, I guess you're just supposed to spell... Spell? Tell spooky um, stories all the time on these kinds of holidays. Oh. Well, we do... I guess we can always do a ghost story for um, the holiday. We're going to have, hopefully, a special guest on for our New Year's. He's a very busy special guest, yeah, so I'm gonna have, have to, to nail him down. Get him. I'm gonna have to nail him down. But anyway, this is fun. All right, cool. Well, I think we could wrap this one up, guys. If you liked our episode today or in the past, you should totally go to Patreon.com/slash Weird Shit My Mom Says podcast. And maybe sign up to be a Patreon of our thing if you want to get an extra bonus episode yeah. in January. It'll be there. And you should leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to us on because we need that. Especially if you leave a comment, I might read it out loud. Especially if it's on an Apple podcast because I'll be able to see it there. I can't see anything on Spotify until 10 people review us. So also do that there. Um, let's see here. You can find us at facebook.com slash weird shit. My mom says podcast, but leave the eye out of shit. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at weird shit. My mom says podcast. That is all. Which is all? I think. It's okay. all. Okay. Yeah. It's it. Okay. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.